in your Bibles tonight to the book of John, chapter 21, starting in verse 1. There's always lessons to learn with Peter, from Peter, from the Lord's lessons to Peter. And that's what we're going to share tonight. Lessons with Peter. John 21. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Cana and Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes." Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were, they, for they were not far from land, but as it were 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes as Soon then, as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up, and drew the net to land of great fishes, and hundred and fifty-three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of his disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to the disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, 
thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. A preacher went to visit a man that was one of those members you would call the core of the church. He was faithful. He was always there. He was involved in many ministries of the church. But then there comes a time where this man just, he started missing a service here and there. And then some time went by and he was completely out of church. It's not that he couldn't go. He just wasn't going anymore. So before too much time went by, the preacher stopped by and he visited the man and they had a small amount of small talk. And then shortly he got right to the point and he said, we really miss you at church. And I'm wondering if there's anything I can do to help you. And the man said, Look, I'm saved, I know I'm saved, and I don't need to go to church anymore. I can worship God here just as well as I can at church. That preacher might have expected that from some people, but he just didn't expect that answer from that man. And it floored the preacher, and he he sat there quiet. I mean, you're doing something if you can get a preacher quiet. And he sat there quiet for a minute, just looking into the fireplace at the man's house, at that fire burning... Didn't say anything. Seconds went by. Minute goes by. And the preacher gets up and he walks over to the fireplace and he grabs those tongs and he grabs a hot burning coal out of that fire and he sets it on the hearth. And and so you have this blazing orange red coal that's burning. And then it turns to, you know, smoky and black. And next thing you know, It's just a charred piece of black wood there sitting on that hearth. The same temperature as everything else in the room. He sat there and stared at it. The man sat there and stared at it. The preacher got up and walked to the door. The man went to the door and opened it for him. Preacher walked out, shut it behind him. Not a word was said. But that man was in church the following Sunday. He was there. And... That is what we all need. Children of God, we need this, you know. But thinking about the condition that that man might have got in, the condition that we're going to see that Peter was in here, it seems as though just about every Christian is going to face a condition of the fire going out. What are you going to do When there is no longer a flame, what are you going to do when you hit that low in your life? As a child of God, you have been burning, you have been blazing on fire for the Lord. But there comes a time, there comes a season in the life of many saints where that's not happening. So many seem to face this. It happens by neglect of the Lord personally in our relationship with Him. It happens by not confessing our sins to the Lord. 
It happens by not being in his word, by by walking and living with a lack of forgiveness, which is so freely given to us by simply needing to be restored. A Christian gets in a place where they need restoration. They need help. They need a jump start. It may be that the Apostle Paul needed a jump start one time when Barnabas went to him. So we can probably say that every Christian gets to this place where we are not on fire for the Lord as we once were. What does the Lord do in a situation like this? I'm afraid that a lot of Christians think that the Lord turns a cold shoulder to us. And his feelings are hurt and he shuns us. But that is not the case at all with the Lord. That is the opposite of what he wants to do for us and who he is to us. We have a friend in Jesus. We have help in time of need when we get to that place. Have you been there before? Have you been closer to the Lord than you are right now? Have you been more excited about Jesus than you seem to be at this point and time? If not, if everything's going great, stick this in your back pocket because we're going to need it at some point in our spiritual life. If the Lord and his house and his people have been everything to us, but there comes a time where it's just something in our lives. Look, we're starting to backslide. We're getting into a condition that we don't want to be in. But you have a friend in Jesus and you have help tonight. If that is you tonight, we are going to learn some lessons from Jesus with Peter that is going to help you and I. That's going to help the Christian get jump started. It's going to help the one who has backtrodden, who has gone backward to be able to get fixed with the Lord again. And we're going to look at some lessons concerning Peter to do so. We are in a place in our text here where Jesus has already gone to the cross. He has died for our sins. He has been buried and resurrected again. But before Jesus went to the cross, he was denied three times by Peter. He denied his Lord. And Jesus died. He was buried. He was raised again. And he deals with Peter. He goes to him and he deals with him. And he helps him in this situation. And it's a great pattern for you and I as well. Because we have faults and we have failures. And we wither sometimes. And we get into a place where we need the Lord's help. We need to be where we once were. Once again, and the Lord is faithful to do that, to pick us up when we fall. It hurts to fall. It hurts the child of God to fall. When a child of God falls, it always hurts someone else too. It hurts more people than you imagine when we fall. It hurts our very precious Lord when we fall. It hurts others. It hurts God. And you may be in a fallen condition tonight. But the Lord wants to lift you up. 
He's a very present help in trouble. And he loves you. And this is what he wants to do. We're going to look at some things that happened to Peter. But things that also happened for Peter. And there are things that can happen to us. And for our good. And happen for us. So let's first start learning some lessons with Peter. To learn this lesson. We must first judge our situation. We need to judge. We get mad when somebody, someone else judges our maybe backslidden situation. But we need to judge our own. That is what we need to do. That is what Jesus leads uh, Peter to do. Let's look in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 69. As I read a few verses, as we look at what happened with Peter, it says, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bewrayeth thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. So in this self-examination, learning lessons with Peter in this condition, the first thing we need to do is judge it. We need to judge it ourselves. Now, what do we see Peter did here? Well, he, we've already shared. He denied the Lord three times. Where was he? Where was Peter? Let me say it this way. He was in the wrong place. Peter was afar. That's what the Bible says. Peter was afar. And I, I'm not talking about a berry far or a sherry far or a quarry far. I'm not saying he's Peter far. Peter was afar. He was away from the Lord. He, there was too much distance between Peter and Jesus. And the enemy was able to get between. It's trouble when we follow Jesus from afar. It gives the enemy too much opportunity. Peter said he would never deny Jesus. But he was not able to live up to that boast. And following from afar, Jesus was taking the high road. And Peter was taking the low road. And there was just too much room between them. Too many people, just a few people, out of the will of God... Kind of in a group of ours. Just a few people. Just a few of the wrong people. Just a few of the wrong places. Just a few of the wrong habits we have in what we view and what we listen to. Just to have that unfortunate distance between us and Jesus. To get up in the morning and just to not have time for that morning devotion. For the prayer life to just seem to be... 
few and far between our times of prayer when we talk to the Lord, the, the daily Bible reading in our lives, just to miss some of that, to miss a few services at church, makes enough space for the enemy to get in between and for backsliding to start. Backsliding starts before we ever realize because when we're not growing, when we're not going forward and, and, and being made new, being constantly changed and, and grown and matured in the Lord, when we are stagnant, when we are not doing that, we are backsliding. And it doesn't take much for this process to start. Peter found himself in the wrong place. He was with the wrong people, and it's because he was following Jesus from afar. And maybe someone can relate tonight. Maybe someone who is listening can relate to a condition where, yes, I, I need to admit this, that I am not following Jesus as close as I need to be. I am not following the Lord as I should be following him. And, and into things that are starting to happen and doing things that, that are a compromise. Some people call it sin. Some people don't call it sin. But you know in your heart you're uneasy and it's a compromise. Sometimes you know that the people you're around, you think you want to lift them up and bring them to Jesus, but you're starting to realize they're pulling you down and you're starting to enjoy the things in the flesh that they are doing. And we have got to be careful of these little things by a few wrong people, by a few wrong places, by a few habits that seem to just get into our schedule that are not good for us. And next thing you know, we are backsliding. But if that is you tonight, I want to tell you something. There is great help for you. There is great friend and there is a great friend in Jesus. There may be friends in low places that we have gone to, but you have the greatest friend in a high place. And that is with the Lord Jesus Christ. If the flame has started to go out, we can confess our sins to him. We can cling to our Lord. We can call on him in prayer and that fire can be fanned and we can find ourselves back in the will of God more excited than we've ever been before because that is God's will for us. That is what God will do for his children. He has not turned away from you. He has not given you a cold shoulder. He loves you and he's saying, don't hurt yourself anymore. Don't don't hurt others. Don't hurt me. Come back to me. Let me restore you and lift you up and get you back on the right path again. We need to examine ourselves. We need to judge it. Where was Peter? Well, he was afar. How did Peter feel? Well, the Bible says that Peter wept bitterly over that. Peter was a miserable Christian after what he had done. He was in such a state that it was gloomy. It was bitter in his life. It, he was saddened by what he had done. He had wronged his Lord. He had violated the very precious relationship that he has with Jesus. Saying he does not know him. And it caused Peter great pain. And it caused him suffering. 
the Christian ought not to go off in transgression. It's a hard place to go. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 15 says the way of the transgressor is hard. But it is a place that sometimes the Christian will go to. See, because in Peter's condition, how did he feel? Well, he didn't feel good at all. He didn't have fellowship with God. His fellowship was severed when he started backsliding. He didn't have the experience of the peace and the joy of the Lord in his life. He wasn't experiencing the power of of the Lord. I love to see the Lord raising people up and I love to see people living their lives in a power that they are unable to do on their own. Well, you know, many people uh, will tell you over and over they're saved and try to convince you of that. And and I get to where I want to tell people, stop trying to tell me that because I'm going to see it in you and you're going to see it in me if I'm living in the power of the Lord. And Peter did not have that. He was not able to operate in such fashion at this time, nor experience the Lord's joy. Sin is a robber. It will suck the life out of you and I. It will keep us from experiencing God's joy. It makes us ineffective. What a, what a grieving thought that the Lord has saved us and empowered us and for us to be an ineffective Christian. But that's what happens when we start to slide away. That's what happens when we follow from afar and too many things get between us and the Lord. How miserable it is to be in sin. The only person that can be in sin and not miserable is the unsaved person. Because the Christian is not going to sin with success. There is going to be misery for the child of God when they live in sin. We can't enjoy it. If you are saved, you know that you can't enjoy it. There is a different attitude and a different relationship and a different effect concerning sin in our lives. Peter felt miserable. He needed to judge that. Jesus was leading him to judge that. What did it cost him? What did it cost Peter in this situation as we're learning lessons with him? Well, it, it cost him that experience of joy. It cost him fellowship with the Lord. It cost him his time he spent with the Lord. Uh, the Christian knows things are different between them and the Lord when they are in sin. The true child of God, they know that that sin's in the way. They know that they're not experiencing what they can in the Lord. It's a huge price for the Christian to pay to get into a backslidden situation. We lose a lot. You know, we can lose those rewards that we have gained. We can lose blessings. We can lose rewards in our lives. We, we lose that empowering, that presence of the Lord in our lives. Look, it's not worth it. When we judge it, we will see that it's not worth it for us to get into that condition. When the fire goes out... Look, that, this is an important question. What do we do? We need to judge our situation. We need to judge it in righteousness before God. We need to judge it by the word of God. We need to judge it as we know God would judge it. We not only need to judge it, but we need to learn a lesson in the situation of misjudging. 
When we start to get into a backslidden condition, when the fire goes out, we can so easily misjudge things. Because what's worse than, than stepping into a wrong move that leads us into a backslidden condition is taking another step. Because we say, well, look, I've already messed up. It's, it's already ruined. So, so the Lord's done with me. I, I've had my time with the, I'm just headed down. And they go to another thing. And then the next step. And it keeps trickling downward. That's, that's a bad situation. That's a bad thing to misjudge. To just take another step. Because you messed up in one step. Peter went backward though. Peter went backward after denying Jesus. Peter denied Jesus. Jesus wanted to restore him. But Peter assumed that his position in ministry was done. That the Lord was through with him. So he just went from one backward step to another backward step. And it started getting dark. Peter started going back to his old way of life. In the Bible where Peter says, I go a fishing... That doesn't mean I'm having a stressful day and come on guys, let's, let's go over here and have us a nice little fishing trip. No, he was going back to his secular job. He was called by Jesus to serve him, but he said, I go a fishing. I am going back. And that's what he did. And he not only went back himself, he took some others with him. Unfortunately, there's always a willing crowd. There's always a market for that. These other disciples, they were not living as they should be either. Their, folk, their, their fire was not blazing as it should have been because they went with him. You know, misery loves company. I don't know why I think of so many of my dad's old sayings. And I know that's a popular one that many people have said. But after passing away, my dad's sayings just go through my mind. Misery Loves company, you know, and, and that's true. That's true. A Christian that is really close to the Lord, they want to be around Christians who are close to the Lord. But Christians who are not close to the Lord, look, it just feels better to be around those who are not close to the Lord. You know, because the, the Christian who's not close to the Lord is going to be convicted around the one who is. So that's, that's the way it happens. It travels in groups. And it's easy to, to get some company in this situation. And as Peter misjudged his situation, saying, I'm going back to fishing, you know, the Lord is through with me. That is exactly what will happen if Peter would have listened. And if, and if we will listen, we will hear the counsel of God. And it will be quite the opposite of what many Christians think. The Lord is not through with us. The Lord is lovingly calling us back to him. He wants to restore us. He wants to forgive. And he wants to get us back in a situation where we are serving him again. Do not hurt yourself any longer, my child. Is the whisper of the Lord when we find that the fire has gone out. But many just make one mistake after another, keep, go, keep on going backward, and they're never alone. They're never alone. Peter went backward. Others went backward with Peter. And 
they got in a comfortable position that they wanted to be in because they were backslidden as well. So that's where they find themselves. And as Peter went backward, we see something that happened here. His life couldn't go forward when he went backward from the Lord. Uh, Corey and I were, were sharing a while back and, and I was sharing with him what an older preacher said to me whenever I was called to preach. He looked me in the eye and he said, if you quit, I want you to understand you're always called to preach. If you quit and you go get some other job, that's not what you're meant to be doing. Your calling is a calling to preach for life. And he said, you're going to have the hardest time you try to do something else now. Peter tried to do something else. He tried to go back to fishing and he couldn't go forward. He took his disciples and they went out on the sea. And these professional fishermen who had mastered their craft, they were good fishermen. And they went out on the sea and all they could catch was debris sticks in their nets not a single fish i doubt that ever happened to peter throughout his life of fishing but it happened here he was not able to go forward once he went backward and that's the way it is for the child of god jesus says ye can do nothing without me once you're saved you have not only a savior, but you have a Lord. You have a boss to lead your life, to make him have first place. If he is not first place in my life, I know that things aren't going to be right. If we take off and we decide we love the, the world, we admire those who have all these riches in the world, but we are a child of God... That's not going to work for you and I. If it works for you, you're not saved. Because the Lord has something else in mind than us putting something else above him. Peter's life couldn't go forward. There are some lessons to learn from Peter. But we're not only learning lessons. We see loving lessons in this. Did you think about that in Matthew 26 as we read that? How Peter denied his Lord. He denied, he denied God coming in the flesh. He denied the deity of Jesus. He denied, he denied it all. And he walked away from the Lord. And he wandered back to what he was doing when the Lord came and grabbed him up. But he didn't get so far away that the Lord didn't love him anymore. You cannot get to any place. There's no distance that exists where the Lord can't get to you. And the Lord doesn't love you anymore. He always loves you and I. He loved Peter and he loves us just the same. Peter wandered off with low friends and low places, but he had the highest friend in the best place, and that is Jesus. He is so faithful to you and I. What happened when Jesus called it that Peter was going to deny him? That Peter did deny him. 
that Jesus went and died on that cross, was buried, raised again, and he comes back, and Peter goes back to fishing. What does Jesus do? Jesus looks him up. He looks him up, and he goes to him. Look in verse 4. It says, but when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on that shore where they had been out, with those nets, trying to catch fish, the disciples knew not that it was the Lord at this time. Jesus looked him up. Peter came back from a long night of one failure after another. He failed to catch the fish. He failed to do anything that he was able to master on that boat before. It was failure after failure. And he's on his way back and he's frustrated. And he has walked away from the Lord. And there's Jesus. There is Jesus right there. Jesus found him and he helped him to get his situation in order. He helped him in his backslidden condition. Peter was forced to admit his failure. That's what Jesus led him to do. Look there in verse 5. Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? And they answered, No. Peter admitted his failure. He told the Lord the failure that he had. And that is a step for you and I in getting back in fellowship with God. To be honest with him, to humble ourselves before him, and to admit our failure. Peter had a desire to be near the Lord. How does that fire get fanned again? To go to the Lord. Look at verse 7. It says that when Peter heard that it was the Lord, he wrapped his fishing coat around him. He wasn't dressed right. And he cast himself into the sea. When he knew that was the Lord. And that is exactly who he was headed for. I mean, can you picture him leaping off and into that water and over to Jesus? He went to Jesus. Peter had a desire to be near the Lord. That desire will be fanned in your life. That, that fire of desire will be fanned when we admit our failure to God. He went to the Lord immediately. And that's what the Lord wants all of His children to do. He wants His children to draw back to Him. Draw nigh unto God, and He will draw nigh unto you. He's going to first have us to admit our failure, though. To come clean with Him... And he wants to use that, that we might draw closer to him. He doesn't want saved people to make another profession of faith. He, he doesn't want us to say, look, I, to do these things, I've never known you. Now look, some people might not be saved. Some people might make a false profession of faith. But... In a lot of experience, it just may be, of course, I do not know, but it just may be that someone has made another profession of faith and, and they already knew the Lord. They, the Lord wants us to humble ourselves before him when we walk away. Not to say there's no way I could do that and be saved. Peter, you understand, denied the Lord, and he was a saved man. Jesus wasn't looking for another profession of faith. He was looking to restore him in that real one profession of faith he had made and build him back up. 
Jesus went out looking for Peter. He looked Peter up. And you and I will never get so far away that Jesus will not look us up as well. Jesus cooked it up. You see in verses 9 through 14 that there Jesus was on the shore and he had a fire going and he's cooking up the fish and he's got the bread for him. Jesus had for them what they went out all night on their own and couldn't do for themselves. He had hot food. He had warm fellowship. And he had everything that they needed. And there they, they couldn't go forward, you understand, when they had gone backward. And so there Jesus comes and looks them up. And Jesus cooks it up. And then we see that Jesus hooked him up. In verses 15 through 17, we see there where Jesus restored Peter to service again. You understand, he doesn't just want to forgive us. He doesn't just want to just maybe accept us back in as one of the bunch again in his church. He wants to restore us to leadership. He wants to take us to a place of being very vital in the ministry. He wants to use us to serve in great ways again. You understand, no matter how far we fall, Jesus can raise us up that much more in the other direction. That is what he is looking to do. He is looking to hook you up. There is good news for the one who may be in a backslidden condition tonight. Jesus knows how to take care of that with you and he wants to hook you up. He wants you to serve again like you had served before, like you have never served before. That's what he does in our lives. That's what he wants to do when we are afar. We have a few more lessons we can look at tonight. We can look at a loving lesson. We can look at, uh, uh, I'm sorry, a leaving lesson in verses 18 and 19. We see, I'm going to read that again. Jesus says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, Peter, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. And, and he said this, signifying by what death Peter should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. There's a leaving lesson here. We see some starting lessons that Peter had to learn. We see some faults and failures that Peter had. But after Jesus came and found Peter... And he hooked him up and got him back in ministry again. He served the Lord faithfully. He served him unto death. You understand this was a man who had gone back to things that he was doing before Jesus found him. And now Jesus went to him, grabbed him by the nap of the neck and put him back where he belongs, showed him how to be restored. And he restored this man and Peter did great things in ministry for God. He had a leaving lesson 
for us because he served the Lord faithfully unto death. The Bible doesn't say this, but history says that when they went to crucify Peter for his faith, that he said, do not crucify me as my Lord Jesus did, but turn, turn me upside down and do it that way. Whatever the case, Peter died for his faith. He died faithful unto death for the Lord. Being committed to the Lord, it's a very serious matter. He deserves for you and I to walk in this sacrificial life that he has empowered us and called us to. He deserves for you and I to look more like him every day in our lives by getting closer to him and living faithful to him, faithful unto death. He glorified God and we should glorify God the same way. Jesus says there in verse 19, bless you. He says, follow me, follow me. That's the first thing he said to him in Matthew 4.19. He said, come and follow me. And then after everything we've been through tonight, how does this end? With Jesus saying to him the same thing again. Follow me. The Lord, understand this. The Lord never changed his mind about Peter. He never, as Peter went through some changes, the Lord still had the same intent for him. The same thing in store. The will of God never changed for Peter in his life. When we go astray, God's plan for us doesn't go away. Know that. Know that you have a place with him. You have a position with him to serve him. And God will bring you back there. He will bring you right back there and restore us again where we were, even to greater things. If there is a Christian on the wrong road tonight, know this, that Jesus Christ is after you. He's, he's coming for you. He's coming to find you and to raise you back up right where you are. It's going to take humility. It takes some things on our part. It takes humbling ourselves before God and admitting our failure before God and admitting what we have done to him. But know that he has never forgotten you and his will for your life has not changed. If you're listening online or here tonight and you are unsaved, we understand that, that you don't know about this condition and how it happens and, and the things you go through. There's no way to be backslidden before you're saved. That's just, that's just where you are permanently until you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But He wants to save you tonight. He wants to save you from your sins if you will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. And know this considering what we're talking about tonight. You trust in Jesus Christ by faith. He is your Lord and Savior. But I want you to know something. I want you to know that you have a friend for eternity. I want you to know that Jesus Christ died for all of your sins. He loves you and he will be faithful to you. 
He will be faithful to you. We're going to have a time of invitation tonight. We have the musicians here to be able to. And I don't know what might be on your heart tonight. But I hope and pray that you will do business with God. That you will do business with God. like this is a subject that that I've touched on several times on any opportunity to preach. I can't say that I can personally think of anyone, you know, that that I know of in this condition. But the Lord lays things on us for a reason. And it's it's so safe to stay close to Jesus. You know, there's risks involved in the Christian life. I'm not saying there's not, but it's the safest place for us to be. Maybe there's something going on in this season of life where we just need to draw our attention to how close we are to the Lord. And it is so good to see everyone that's able to be back in God's house tonight. I pray you're blessed this week. I, I pray that you would be mindful of us as we're at camp. You know, we're in a, a, a different season at the moment. This would be the night that we would have all campers come forward and, and we would pray for camp. But I am going to ask Brother Rick Morris if he would close our service tonight. And if you would remember the counselors, remember the campers and what God has in store for us this week, sir. God bless you.